I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sinead, did you realize that Rami Malek's character, his last name is Safin, but his first name is Lucifer, as in almost Lucifer? Come on, guys. As in lute is in the instrument, as in playing the lute. It's L-Y-U-T-S-I-F-E-R. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Makes his character more ridiculous than he already was. I mean, it does fit. He's also described here by the director as more dangerous than anyone Bond has ever encountered. They say that every single movie about the new villain, don't they? And is he? Is he not? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Hello there, welcome to I Only Like You and Movies. My name's Lonnie, I'm here with Sinead. How's it going, Sinead? Hi, good, thanks. Yep. <laughs> well, we've seen Bond, haven't we, Sinead? This is the podcast where we talk about movie reviews. We talk about them and do them, I guess. Bond was supposed to come out, I think, early 2020, like, like March. Got pushed back a few months, then a few months, and a few months. All of a sudden it came out in November 2021. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. And, uh... Was it worth the wait, Sinead? I don't know. I don't know if it was. <laughs> I think by the time it came out, people didn't mind that it was okay. I think, And so they're thinking it's a really good movie. Like it's pretty good. It's fine. But I think it's just a relief that it's out there. We can all move on with our lives. Do so you think we were all just excited to get back to the cinema? And it wouldn't think... have mattered what they played for us. They could have played, like, old-timey music with moving pictures yeah. and we would have been fine. Someone comes in a pianola and plays it for us yeah and i think it, it's almost like a, a monkey's poor curse or something or you know, be, be careful what you wish for like daniel craig is like okay i'll come back and do one more bond i'm like oh okay you be bond one more time for an extra three years on top of the one you already <laughs> signed on for just didn't ever come out and like fair enough they're trying to make money and probably a good idea to not release it back when they were supposed to because of covid and whatever but yeah, that's the question for me, Sinead. I'm like, is it really worth it? What do you reckon? What's the story anyway? I don't, I don't, I can't, was there a story? <laughs> Listen, so, um, long time listeners will know, I don't remember things sometimes, right? So I did a little pre-watch. It was a great compilation video of everything I needed to know up until this point. I didn't retain any of it. <laughs> I, I vaguely, Casino Royale is burned into my brain. Great film. Mm. Perfect film, some would say. Mm -hmm. Then there was Christoph Waltz was there and he was getting something injected <laughs> in his eye and then it turned out they were brothers and then mm. we, the girl dies and double crosses him because she drowns herself in the elevator. And that's, that's about as much as I'm retaining. I'd even yeah. forgotten that Rafe had replaced Judy Dench, so I'm really glad I watched that because the whole movie I would have waited <laughs> the whole time and been like, where is Judy Dench? <laughs> so in this movie, which, you know, is a culmination of all the James Bonds thus far, 
which mm. we all definitely remember all the intricacies of the organizations <laughs> there. Um, God, he he settles down with Leia Sadu, like he has said with every girl he's ever been with. It's always, I'm hanging up, hanging up the gloves. I'm yours. I'm giving it all up for you. Literally every single person he meets. I don't know. There's something about some guy's got a DNA robot virus thing and he's trying to kill people. And then Spectre's there and Spectre, like, get killed. Listen, I'm not hugely sure what happened in this film. Do you have a good time, though? Um, I mean, I like going to the movies. <laughs> Do you like the experience of the cinema <laughs> more than what you're seeing? Can yeah. you explain it to me? Maybe you should do the recap. We well, should okay. do the recap every week. I don't know why you make me do it, but anyway. <laughs> it's more fun when you do it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so he's retired, and he retires every movie, this, this James Bond in particular. Yeah. And then he always goes a bit rogue as well. Um, so he's been Bond for a while, then he settled down or tried to settle down with Leia Sadu. So spoilers for the whole movie and whatnot as well, the previous ones. Um, I, that's my problem with it. We'll get into it a bit further probably, but I've never really bought her in him as a couple to begin with, but also like she's the one he's going to risk it all for. Like you could be her dad for starters. I had that written down. Right? <laughs> so Daniel Craig is 53. Leia Sadu is 36. Yeah. Okay. That's disgusting. Yeah, I just I never I just don't find like any chemistry at all between them and he's the one and she's the one that he hang up the boots for. I just don't really get that. Yeah. Um anyway he's he's off living in Jamaica, which is kinda of fun. That's a reference, I suppose, to Ian Fleming, who lived in Jamaica when he wrote these books back sure. in the day. Um but then he's gotta come back for one last mission, basically. And Rami Malik is severely underused as the villain. He's in about two scenes. And doesn't do much at all. And it just another long line of villains who's a villain because he's got something wrong with his body or face. Like I just I it's thought we were over that, don't yeah. you reckon? Like I thought when they did it in Casino Royale that was a fun twist in it, I thought. But anyway. Well, no, I agree with you. That's mm. several points. Firstly, okay. they default to really obvious stereotypes, like the mm evil scientist guy is Russian and he's literally like, I want to rule the world. Like the most, I, I, the only credit I'll give it is maybe they were doing an homage to like the OG, OG Bonds. Mm, maybe. Like Sean and Roger and Pierce, like yeah. they had a lot of that style of villain. But then I agree with you. They're all disfigured. You've got Christoph Waltz who's had half his face burnt off. You've got Rami who's mm. got scars all over his face and you've got this other guy with the animatronic eyeball. Mm. Yeah, what's the message here is that if you're a bit, if you're not regular, you're bad and evil. That's yeah, kind of the idea, yeah. isn't it? Which is but not I good. I feel what you said about Rami about them not knowing what to do with him. I kind of felt that towards Christoph Waltz because I was like, they'd mm. set up in the previous movies, right? Set up Spectre as this big bad thing, and then mm -hmm. it seems whoever directed this one just couldn't be effed and didn't want to deal with that. So then had to well, spend half the movie wrapping up that movie. If Bond has like a arch villain, it's Blofeld. Uh huh. He was like in the first like six movies with Sean Connery. Yeah. And they set him up and did all this great stuff with him and kept him alive for no, you know, the only reason keeping him alive in the last movie was to bring him back, right? Mm -hmm. He's in one scene and they kill him off. And I think that's obviously because, you know, it's not what they want to do. <laughs> well, spoiler alert here: James Bond doesn't make it through. But we all knew that it was going to be the last one with Daniel Craig anyway. So I kind of feel like they're wrapping up that 
that storyline. Yeah. But it's kind of disappointing. It's like, oh, he's big bad villain just dies in a chair. <laughs> like, yeah. not but a very good thing. The other thing is I found is that they, they had so many villains that it really clouded the narrative. Mm. So you've got Rami Malek, right, who's got this big plan to take over the world through this, like, contagious virus thing. You've got... So just quickly today, that was apparently one of the, also one of the reasons they pulled, pushed it back in the first place because they thought it was going to be a bit dodgy to have a virus storyline. Oh, but by the time it comes out, you're like, well, whatever. Doesn't yeah, matter. Go on. So you're mm. him. You've got Christoph Waltz, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have the guy with the eye who comes back, mm. like, several times. And then you've got the American guy. That was the best villain, to be honest. But Billy why Magnuson. Do we have, why do we have four villains? Yeah. Who's, who's the big bad that we're fighting? We're fighting all of these people? Why? <laughs> no, Bond does that, though. They have, like, you got your main villain and your henchman sort of thing, I guess. Sure. But, like, that mm. would be Rami and then the guy with the eye. Yeah. It wouldn't be Christopher Fultz and it wouldn't be the, the American guy. Mm. <sighs> I didn't mind that. Um, so, yeah, the other thing we've got is the reason he comes back for mission at all is because of his best mate and brother, Felix Leiter. Question mark. <laughs> now, I love Jeffrey Wright. Every single thing he's done. He's the best. He's absolutely wonderful. And I'm looking forward to him being the new um, James Gordon in Batman next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved him in these movies too. And he was in the first couple. I totally Did you remember that? So no, you. <laughs> I totally forgot he existed in this. He's also guys. in the Casino Royale um, poker match. Oh. And they help each other. And then he's also in the next one as well, Quantum of Solace. And, like, I really liked their scenes together. They played off well and it was good. Mm. And his death scene was, was quite, was, you know, affecting. Yeah. But then he's like, oh, you're my brother and stuff. I'm like, dude, you met twice before <laughs> in your whole entire life. The only reason you're saying that is because we, the audience, know that this character is part of the mythos. Mm-hmm. They, they just didn't earn that, I don't think. No, I what agree do you think? with you. I agree yeah. with you. Thank you. Also, there's a few things in this film which I kind of... On the one hand, you've got to applaud it because it's you know, a step in the right direction, but it also very much felt tokenistic to me and, like, they just did it because they thought they were going to get some praise and also some backlash. One scene is, like, when they have a little reference to Q being gay. Like, yes. What do you think? Like, on the one hand, awesome. That's great. Fits his character and I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have a gay character, but it kind of felt like it was just thrown out there just so they could have the headline about it. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean... I disagree with you a little. Mm. I don't disagree with you, you know. I I thought he was already gay. <laughs> I thought oh, that it yeah. already happened in a previous film. So Okay. Um, I, I just feel like they could do more with it. That's what I'm thinking. I think just having it there briefly mentioned isn't enough if you're going to do that. But then I'm going to I'm going to counter you with this. Remember mm. a little while ago we read an article that was like why does every thing about a gay person, every piece of media have to be about them being gay? Mm. I actually yeah. kind of liked that it was no big deal who he was having over for dinner. It didn't matter whether it was a boy or a girl. Or... Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I didn't hate it, I don't think. Do you know but... what I mean? Like you could look at it that way and be like, it's good that they didn't linger on it, that it yeah, was just no. a normal thing that they didn't talk about because it should be. It shouldn't be something that we should go, oh, my God, he's gay. Let's all talk about how this is shocking. It should just be fine. Who cares? Yeah, you know? no, that, that is a very good point. I'm not, I'm not telling God, I just kind of... You do wonder if these things are calculated these days to get some headlines and... Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's also funny here. There's a quote on the Wikipedia from Ben Whishaw, who we love, obviously, because of Paddington. Oh, the best. He said, Whishaw considers his version of Q to have ended. I think I'm done now. I've done the three that I was contracted to do. 
So I think that might be it for me. Well, it sounds like he loved the experience on these films. Yeah, he really <laughs> I've done the three, time. they're on my contract, and I am done. Goodbye. Anyway. Nice. <laughs> the other thing is the fact that there's new 007. He was played by Lashana Lynch. And, you know, again, I'm wondering if they picked her as a black woman just so they could annoy people. And you know what? I'm okay with that, actually. Because <laughs> Is it because of all this speculation of who's going to be the new Bond? And there was that talk a yeah. couple of years ago about how it would be great if it was a woman, even better if it was a black woman. Yeah. And I think this could have been shallow, but because she's so charming, mm. I thought it was actually worked out pretty well. And she's a good actor. And, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate seeing her again, I guess, as a 007. Well, they've recast. It's a British man. If it Ooh. is not Idris Elba, I am going Ooh. to riot on the streets. <laughs> That'd be all about Dead Patel. I'd love that. The rumours are about Tom Hardy, which I think would be a total mistake because oh. he's exactly the same as Daniel Craig. Yeah. Like, what does he bring? Quiet, brooding. And Tom Hardy's been enough characters, though, let's face it. <laughs> True. Yeah. Same they talk about maybe Henry Cavill coming back because he was... Apparently he was, like almost there when he was a kid like a kid mm. like 20 but i don't know interesting um i just wanted to mention though that there's one character mm-hmm. he makes the film so much better and in fact if there had just been that 10 minute sequence where she's in it i would have been over the moon with this film Anna Dramas plays paloma i think you've got a little a little crush on her okay well, where is that coming from explain well, yourself well the <laughs> hatred for leia sadu and the enamored nature of that scene with Anna's mm, mm. armas. All right. Well, can you buy me some? <laughs> Are you saying you don't have a crush with her? I do. Based on this film? She's okay, great. Good. I love her so much. She just, like, brought the energy. Yeah. Like, this is a three-hour-long film, firstly. Yeah. It admittedly didn't feel like three hours to me. Like, I, I felt... long pretty well. Yeah, it yeah. did. But when she came on screen, I was like, oh, hello, finally. Something interesting and exciting has mm-hmm. happened. I love a good, like... They're undercover, but it goes wrong trope. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have an issue. The issue is that why does she need to wear a garter when she's fighting? Hmm. It's just there for the boys <laughs> and it's not necessary. And we have to like split her legs and she has to have a slit up her dress right to the thigh and we have to see a little garter that she's wearing. And What would a garter do? Sexy. Sorry. They used to hold up stockings, oh. but like... They don't anymore. Yeah. So we just wear them as they are. But like, okay. who wears them as they are? No one, <laughs> unless you're getting married. But mm. this, unfortunately, is the problem with Bond films. Like, I have a moral disagreement with Bond films in general. I really don't like their formula of, and admittedly, it's been a bit different recently, but I think this reveals that it's actually not that different. We have the Bond girl that he's with every day, every movie, sorry. He ends up with her at the end. It's the big conquer, love conquers all thing. She's just there to play second fiddle to him. And I just don't like, like, the age differences and, like, oh, it's just so misogynistic and he has to sleep with someone new every movie and I just, I hate it so much. And I just saw the garter and I was like, you've got this amazing actress who's giving a killer performance in a great sequence that is, like, the heart of this film. And then you're going to go and put a garter on her so that we can make sure that the boys get a little stiffy when they're watching the film. Like, I just... It's... No! (laughs) Why would you do that? 
Yeah, I I, I can't even recall her having a garter, so didn't work for me that part. It didn't stick in memory at least. Mm-hmm. But I know where you're coming from. Um, and that's the thing about this James Bond is they have been trying to get him to settle down a lot, and he almost settled down with um, Eva Green in the first movie, mm-hmm. Casino Royale, and like they killed her off, and she's kind of been haunting the films ever since, hasn't she? Yeah. And unfortunately, Lady Sadu cannot match Eva Green or Anna de Armas for me in this film. The thing about Anna de Armas in this film also is that she doesn't, they don't sleep together. They just have sort of, I guess, like a flirty relationship in their five minutes where they're fighting together. Yeah, that's why I loved it. That was it. great. Yeah. yeah. She, she, he just respected her. And, and it was funny because she didn't come in and was like effortlessly cool or like how like an Angelina Jolie would have played that role and been really sultry and sexy and whatever. Mm. And Anna is just there like kind of goofy almost and mm. um, quirky when she's doing it, but also can still hold her own. That was just like a breath of fresh air, wasn't it? For this movie in general, because it's a bit of a slog, but also um, the series overall, I don't think they're going to make a spin-off of her. And in some ways, I, I don't know if would, that'd be any good. They did it well, they would be good. But yeah, seeing her as the, as a sort of antidote to the other Bond girls of the past was, was good, I thought. Yeah. Um, so, okay. They're together at the, at the beginning, and then he thinks that he... This is do, I mean. He thinks that she's screwed him over, and so he just he just bails straight away, doesn't talk to her again. Mm-hmm. Was that a bit, bit, a bit of a throwing the toys out of the cot from him? He didn't even try and work out what's going on, did he? Just did it. Sorry, what was that idiom you just used? Throw the toys out of the cot? Yeah, that's an idiom. Is it? It's like a tantrum. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To behave in a petulantly upset or angry manner. Well, there you go. There you go. Learned something today. <laughs> um, he, it was sort of foreshadowed and he's like, oh, I've been screwed over so many times. I don't know whether I can trust you or not, which, sure, whatever. I guess. And let's not forget that she's the daughter of Mr. White. So you'll remember that, didn't we? Who's Mr. White? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Sorry, was I supposed uh, to or... No, that was there. It's like... Is that Javier Bardem? No, Mr. White was the guy. He was involved in Casino Royale and he was also part of... Was he Mads? No, 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 he wasn't Mads. He was working with them. And then I think he was high up in Spectre or Quantum, whichever one it was called, that whatever day of the week it was. <laughs> I know, it's kind of funny that the film is like, you should remember these people, but then they don't really... I don't know, it's sort of a haphazard way of doing mythos, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, I interrupted you. She's the daughter of Mr. White. Okay. I don't know what I was going to say. Okay. Probably can not I, good. Can I talk about Rami? I've got oh, a few please. points on Rami. Please do. Um, creepiest guy in the world, and I don't mean his character. <laughs> I'm going to link the video <laughs> where he talks about all the things that he loves. And... <laughs> just don't be caught in a back alley with him is all i'm saying uh, no come on he's a good guy why was he hardly in it there was a big reveal that he it, was going to be the bond villain yeah he did nothing what do you did think he they do? had to cut it around the virus stuff maybe is that i mean maybe the mask scene mm, oh yeah go on no so i missed the first maybe 10 minutes or that 10 minutes of it <laughs> because terrifying Nothing's happening. We're having a nice time. Mum's gone to sleep. She's an alcoholic. Fine. And then just bam, he's there with his little mannequin mask in the window. 
no, I'm now not watching for the next 10 minutes until this sequence is over because that was the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. It was <laughs> oh, awful. Hasn't it all directed, though? We should... should no. We... No, okay, no. <laughs> you can't commend someone for doing something terrible and say, oh, well, he did a good job of it. <laughs> no. I was talking in general, the movie was very well directed because it's Carrie Fukunaga who did the first season of... True Detective. Mm, great show. Yes. And I think I liked all the action sequences, I suppose, but I don't know. Do these movies have to be two and a half hours long? No. They really don't, do they? Imagine if it was just nonstop action. Give me a tight 90. Tight 90. Always exactly. And uh, wouldn't it be nice if these movies were fun as well? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's why I respond I think so well. It's supposed to be long. I think they're no. supposed to be fun. No, I think you can there's this you can have enjoyment out of a serious action movie with big explosions and whatnot and you know, the, the world's on the line. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason I respond so well to that scene with Anna is that it was fun. And she was bright and bubbly and it actually felt like we we're having a good time, unlike the other very serious moments where he's like, You betrayed me. I I gave up everything for you and, and she's like, This child is not your daughter. Like Definitely is, I think, though. I think several... Hang on, several things. Hmm. He's a brooding Bond, which unfortunately means it's really heavy. Anything he's in, it's like, yeah. oh, here's sulky McSulk pants having a sulk <laughs> about something. Like, yeah, I, know I don't know. Pierce's Bond was a bit fun. He seemed hmm. a bit, like, to enjoy his job. Hmm. <laughs> this one's just like, all he wants to do is retire. <laughs> And he just yeah. keeps getting pulled out and pulled out. So then you've got a reluctant hero who doesn't care. Why should we care then? It's a very good question. We've asked that many times in this, haven't we? Mm -hmm. And I think maybe in that first movie he was enjoying because it, it was his first mission. Yes. And obviously he's got Eva Green there and he's playing poker and it's like that's fun. It's very stylish. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, as they went on, they have lost that. Well, Skyfall had that touch of class to it. Um but yeah, this one was just a bit of a slog in some ways, I think. But yeah. having said that, it was still well directed, and you know, for a guy who apparently hates being James Bond, he he gives a good effort, doesn't he, <laughs> Daniel Craig? It's odd because he's in an ad recently yeah. for alcohol, coffee, something. Oh yeah, and he's like playing Bond in an ad, and it's like you're not doing a very good job if you want to separate yourself from this character because you're taking literally every job related. I to know. Him. I also think some of that's a bit overblown because you know. British tongue-in-cheek humour probably doesn't translate well across the world. Maybe. But, yeah, when they said last time, do you want to come back to be Bond? He's like, I'd rather slip my wrists. Like, I, I want to hear the context of that conversation because yes. <laughs> maybe he was saying it with a twinkle in his eye or maybe maybe he was serious. Maybe they had to give him a million thousand dollars to do this. So. Yeah. Can I talk about the child, whom, not Baby Yoda, but the child in this film, um. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So firstly, Rami's plan is to kidnap her, right? So then he's like, I'm going to have an evil family and I'm going to be evil. Oh, but what's that? The kid doesn't want to go? Oh, of course. Why didn't you say so? Like, go back to your mum. Thanks so much for telling me, like, before we left. Like, (laughs) of course you can go. What was that about? Like, oh, I'm going to kidnap her. And then it's like, oh, no, that's fine. You can leave. So the whole movie, they're like, it's not his kid. It's not his kid. It's not his kid. It's not his kid. P.S. It's his kid. Yeah. It was such a weird thing to have a plot element, right? So bizarre. Also, it's implied that that daughter was like living off the grid kind of to keep her Mm. safe, right, from Rami Malek. Who's looking after her? She's like yeah. a little child. Like she needs yeah. someone to take care of her. She can't just live out in a cabin in the woods. So someone knows that she's there, right? So then why doesn't Rami just kill that person and go get the kid? Makes no sense, does it? No, it doesn't. Also, they're like, oh, the kid has blue eyes. It has to be James Bond's. Doesn't Leia do also have blue eyes? <laughs> That's a good question. I know you need two recessive genes to make blue eyes, but brown-eyed people can have a recessive gene of blue eyes. I remember this from my genetics class that I took in high school, which I loved. <laughs> it's possible. Just because she has blue eyes doesn't mean it's Bond's baby. But then apparently it does, because that's apparently it is his kid. When yeah. was this kid born? Well, I'm guessing she must have been pregnant when they left, when he put her like, on the train. She's like three. Yeah, shouldn't she be like five or something? Yeah. I don't really know. What do you think about his sacrifice at the end? Did it feel a bit hollow to you? I kind of felt a little bit to me as like, peace out, guys. Well, this is what I was going to say. He really embraces, oh, I guess there's no solution. <laughs> guess I'm dying. I know, because the thing is he, he couldn't be near her, right? But he could have other options Listen, because of the virus, of all potentially. The, that's what I'm saying. Like, mm. he takes it as a death sentence, right? And of all the times in history for this movie to be released where we've had COVID and human beings have done the most incredible thing in creating a vaccine that did not exist for a virus that did not exist, that we didn't know was possible a few years ago. And now he's like, oh, there's no cure. I'm not going to try to find a cure, even though like the (laughs) audience now know that something like that is possible, which is incredible that humans have have evolved to be able to conquer disease and illness. It's just incredible that we've been able to do that. Right. I know like back in the, um, in the middle ages when the plague was around just like okay everyone's gonna die for a bit yeah for decades and decades people are gonna it. die yeah but like of all the times to release this <laughs> film you go oh guess there's no cure for this this thing that doesn't exist yet they'd find one in a year q would find one in a year 100 percent. so <laughs> he I doesn't have much faith does he i just have no he's like oh i'm out <laughs> yeah oh just awful i did find it moving him dying but I think I found it moving because I knew it was his last stint as Bond and that that was like a closing of a chapter. Mm, I didn't feel, yeah, I didn't feel sad like in universe this character was dying. I really didn't give a crap. Also think about that as well with him. I don't know if it's, I think maybe other people said this before me, but 
if it's my first thought, that's great by me. It's that Daniel Craig definitely didn't want to come back for a sequel. And so he's like, I'll come back on one condition. Kill, kill me, me the off. fuck off. Yeah. Just, <laughs> there is no chance of me ever coming back in this universe. Don't okay? kill me off screen. I want the people to see my limbs being blown from my torso. Yeah. I want there to be no possible reconstruction. <laughs> I want to be tiny specks of blood yeah. and guts. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a, a point to make about um, some of the fight scenes and some of the some of the more violent elements of the film. Oh yeah, sure. Um, one of my points that I found it interesting. So when he goes to the compound, right, he's shooting all these henchmen. He's like bam, 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 and we're all like, "This is great. This is fine." You know, we play video games about going into war, and our ancestors have had post traumatic stress about that. But I guess that's the time we live in. <laughs> but then he breaks Rami Malek's arm. In the pond. Mm. Oh, man. That wasn't good, was it? That was gross. And I thought it was interesting that I didn't have that same reaction when he's shooting everyone. And I wonder, here's my theory, which I'm going to posit to you. Mm -hmm. Do you think that because I've never been shot by a gun, that I have no reference point for what that feels like, but something really visceral and, like, physical and, like, breaking a bone or, like dislocating mm. a shoulder or like bending a weird way is more relatable to me because I'm more likely to understand what that would feel like and that's why it grosses me out so much more. I think that's very true, yeah. Great. Also, I guess maybe it's just like a, a faceless person being shot and then dying true. and falling like over a rando, yeah. versus a close-up of the arm and the snap and everything. <sighs> but, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And again, it's also kind of the same thing if it's like a, an animal that dies on the screen. Like that, that affects us yeah. more because it's, yeah, than a thousand people dying in a, <laughs> in a city or something, yeah. I did really like, obviously, Ana de Armas's scene, fight scene was the best one. But mm-hmm. I, I didn't mind the off road, four wheel drive little car chase. I'm here for a car chase. Yeah, that was pretty cool. You know. Yeah, they mixed up a bit, which was good. And they had like I'm here for it. the opening car sequence in the um italian city was pretty fun as well i love a city car chase but i've seen that like twenty thousand times in the trailer so yeah it was kind of less impactful when we've already seen that and because it's the first scene of the film or exactly first action scene you know it's all gonna be okay in the end here's my gripe with leia sadu they're in the forest slash jungle right Mm we've got the child who's not bond's child who is bond's child and Bond and Leia Sadu. I don't know what her name is. What's her name? Madeline Swan. Madeline, sure. She's a psychiatrist, apparently. Anyway, they're like hiding, right? And Bond's mm. like, stay here, don't move, here's a gun. She shoots one of the henchmen like five times. Save your bullets. You ha- <laughs> That's the only gun you have. And of course, Rami Malik comes in, and guess who doesn't have any bullets to shoot him? Yeah. You idiot! <laughs> you absolute idiot! I am begging for a movie to be made with actually intelligent people. Yeah. Obviously I, save your bullets if you're in that situation, guys. One in the head, make sure they're dead, that's fine. You've got to kill them. They can't come back up and, like, get yeah. you later. But let's just be a bit, you know, conservative with what we're what we're shooting, okay? I'm with you. And there's the same with, like, throwing away guns and stuff. It's like, no, that gun is really expensive, I know. Hold on to it. Get I'm some sure more bullets. Get some more bullets. It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Nah, silly stuff. I, I really think the next one has to be fun. I think people are a bit sick 
people, me, <laughs> are a bit sick me, of this. I think everyone's really <laughs> feeling this particular way. What do you reckon, fellas? We're sick of this, aren't we? <laughs> no, I just think they're getting a bit too self-serious for me. I agree. I'd like to have a bit of a spark in them. I don't mind serious movies, like, you know, I'm all for that, but I just think There's room the for next one. Yeah, definitely, especially the Bond movie. Now, people have been wondering what they're going to do next, and obviously they'll they'll take their time and they'll release it. Do you think they'll go with the female Bond? I want Anna to ask. Yeah, me too. Um, I think maybe if the reception to Lashana Lynch was, was more, mm-hmm. more effusive, they might be going down that path, but it hasn't really, at least in my pop culture sphere, she hasn't made a huge impact. Um but, you know, never know. They might do that. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think I kind of hope as well, actually, is that they might go back to the 60s for the next one. That'd be great. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. And keep it keep it light as well. I think that'd be interesting. I don't think they'd have to go back into historical circumstances, like doing the Cuban Missile Crisis. That might be a bit too much. But I think just setting it back then in the time period would be a real fun way to, to move this series forward. Yeah, I agree. I find it interesting, though, because Phoebe Waller-Bridge was brought on to sort of theoretically bolster this film up a bit, right? Put a bit of energy into it and... I didn't really feel it. Me either. I mean, there was a great cameo from... Hugh Dennis is the... He's from, um, obviously, from Fleabag and other things. Love to see him. Yeah, and he was, he was quite... He, that stuff was pretty good, actually. And yeah. In, he's like the scientist and there's a bit of office humour and that was kind of cool. Um, but I don't... But I do they bring her in to write two scenes? Is that what they yeah. do? You know. Did she write Anna de Armas a scene? Like, I, mm. I didn't see her influence in this, which is a shame. Well, it, was it her idea to make Anna de Armas like a, a fun character? Maybe. Rather than a... <laughs> Maybe. We'll never know. <laughs> you never know. Did you like Ray Fiennes as M? Yeah, he was fine. Yeah, I kind of thought they were building up to be like a villain almost, like, oh, what have you done, M? And he's like, oh, I'm trying to do this for the good of the country, but everyone's like, oh, that's bullshit. What are you doing, mate? And then, like, a scene later, like, okay, back on track with you then. I know. Can we can we talk about what the actual illness is? So it's like a, a okay. DNA-converting thing mm-hmm. that makes you can touch people in their face like blisters and they die. Yeah, it's like nanobots who can work out your... DNA in, so if you don't have the, the right DNA, they, won't, they don't mind you, but otherwise they'll bloody kill you. Do you think it's morally responsible to release a movie talking about microorganisms controlling you when that's one of the points from the anti-vax movement that we're being injected mm. with microchips to track us? Yeah, that's a good question today. Thanks. Are they, do you think they're employing that sort of trope or are they... Yeah. fueling it or reinforcing it. Well, the more mm. you see something around, the more you start to believe it. Anyway. But so, it's something I think about movies, sorry, it's just that mm. they do, like, even if you don't realise that you're getting that idea, you sort of sometimes do get those ideas. Yeah. Think of, like, Jaws. People were scared of sharks. They really shouldn't. you got almost no chance of being eaten by a shark, but people kind of do kind of feel like they are a risk out there. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Like, maybe it is something we should think about more. So what was the acid in the compound? They were farming something in acid? I'm guessing that makes the nanobots, or is that, does it make the virus that the nanobots transfer? Not clear. Also, we killed the one scientist who knows how mm. it works. 
Yeah, good stuff. Because he makes a racist comment about eugenics, which I totally get. Hmm. But, like, should we maybe not keep him around, guys? Like, he's... Do we need his knowledge? Yeah, it's a very good question. I kind of feel like it's a missed opportunity, the whole film, to be honest. In what way? Well, it's just, like, you do have a James Bond everyone really likes. Again, you've got all the money in the world to make it a good one. And then... No, no, just didn't quite get there for me. Hmm. I've got one final point to touch on. And I'm going to let you make the case, actually. Okay. Would you like to talk a bit about the number 007? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, put forward your issues with it and then I'll counter you at the end. <laughs> what do you mean by issues with it? So you said that the issue is that in-universe is not oh, a yeah. thing to them. I did see this, yeah. Us. I saw this in a video. I think it might have been the Honest Trailer or something about, yeah, the fact that she's really concerned about being 007. When surely there are like, there are at least six other agents out there who are also double O's. Aren't they doing equally cool stuff? Or is it just double O seven who's the cool one who gets to all the missions and everyone else is like double O five just hangs out in Wales. That's his, his area. <laughs> well, I think the point that, I, th- I think it might've been Ryan from Screen Rant. I'm not sure who it is. I'll link mm-hmm. both videos in case. Mm-hmm. His point was that double O seven doesn't mean anything in universe to them. It only is important to us because we know Bond is double O seven, right? History of the character. That they shouldn't yeah. care about the number themselves in universe. Mm. I disagree. Because mm. when they're walking through the halls to M's office and there's the new Bond and the old Bond, sorry, new 007, old 007, mm. everyone's reacting as if it's that thing. So you can't say it's it's not unimportant to them in universe because they're literally showing that it's important to them in universe, right? I guess the people at MI6 or whatever wherever they are wouldn't know that, oh, this is the guy who brought Blofeld in and, oh, this is the guy who was there when, when the old M died. So that, that makes sense. It's yeah, a bit of okay. like mythos around him and then it's the new one. And That's the guy who always he does a great mission and then, then retires. Goes rogue a little <laughs> That's bit. That's the guy who we can't track for six months of the year. <laughs> like, Look who comes crawling back. Yeah. Something yeah, that that's, that's a point. did yeah. annoy me, though, about the number is before they go on their mission to the compound, right, the new 007, old 007 and Q, she gives him back his number. But she doesn't get a number? What's her code name? We're going into a mission. This is the worst possible time to switch code mm. names. And she doesn't have one. And well, then they have to be like, Rafe has to be like, which one's Bond? And, and they're like the Trident. Oh, okay. So we just call her the other one? Yeah. What's her code really, name? You know what could have been cool in that scenario? What? They could have given him back 007 early on in the film. Mm-hmm. And she could have got pissed about that, which is fair enough. It's her code mm-hmm. and then going into that last mission he could have been like you know what you've earned it you can be 007 i'll be just call me bond or something like that bond james bond <laughs> that'd be fun and then that could have been the passing of the torch yeah. back to her for the next movie if she gets it yeah well I mm. now i don't know if the like the british male is a red herring and we're just maybe oh, i think I it should know. be you know what anything can be good so <laughs> anything can be good wow <laughs> Film analysis, <laughs> top notch here. Anything can be good. We've been doing this five years, and that's my, that's my biggest takeaway of the whole Anything movie making series. No, I'm not like. I think sometimes we can dis- dismiss an idea out of hand, but yes. then you can think about it. if it's done well. It's like how one of good a great example of that is people are like, oh, do we need a, a sequel to this movie that came out 30 years ago? And a lot of them turn out bad. Mm-hmm. turn out badly mm-hmm. but then something every now and then we get a mad max for your road which 
is amazing. True. So yeah, anything can be good. <laughs> That'd be a good podcast. You've already got two. How many more do you need? Yeah, that's fair enough. I've got too many. Overall, we're going to give No Time to Die. Oh, by the way, Lots of Time to Die was a very long movie. It kept getting delayed, etc., <laughs> etc. Et that joke. Um, two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, it's probably fair enough, eh? It, too many storylines, too many bad guys, not a very clear through line of yeah. what we were doing. Nothing really felt earned. Mm. I agree with you, best sequence was Anadamas' sequence. I think if they just strengthened up the, the villains a little bit, it would have been really great. And mm-hmm. I think Rami had the potential to be great and great actor and creepy guy in real life, yep. based on that one video. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. It's like you had all the elements there, but it just didn't quite come together. It's so much pressure, though, because it's 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 the end one. Like, yeah. You're tasked with like... wrapping up all the previous storylines and mm. giving him a good send-off. Yeah. Like, I don't... Don't envy them, you know. No, and obviously there's a thing with big movies, a lot of money on the line, and so in some ways you can easily sit back and say, you got all the money, you can do whatever you want, but when there's so much money, people want to make sure it's spent the right way and exactly. have their say and then get too many cooks. And also I think sometimes you kind of might maybe get a bit sort of like fog of war but fog of big movie making where you don't, you're making decisions you might not normally make if you're making a $10 million movie, but... Yeah. You're sort of getting caught up in the expectations and whatever. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go two and a half as well, Sine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. It was good to see a big budget movie on the big screen again. And even better, I just read that there's going to be a film coming out next year called Blonde, which is a film about Marilyn Monroe with Anna as Monroe. Oh. Strange choice, but I think I, I don't mind it. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Adrian Brody, Bobby, Bobby Cavanwell. I'm intrigued. Mm. That's been us talking randomly and haphazardly about No Time to Die. Um, watch it for that 10 minute sequence. After that, you can probably turn it off if you like. Uh, <laughs> so, today, mm. are we on Twitter? We are on Twitter at I Only Like You Pod. Come chat to us. Yeah, please do. Um, also, we've got a big back catalogue of, of podcasts, so you can go find something. Pretty much every film that's been released in the last five or so years is on there. Mm-hmm. Some TV shows as well. Oh, 100%. And Lonnie, this is our final podcast of the year. Oh, bloody hell. So thank you, listeners, especially the new ones that have come on recently. Hmm. Appreciate you checking in with us. Yeah, putting up with us. Ramble, <laughs> listening to my gripes about bad wigs. Yeah, no, it's been good and it's been a crazy year and sometimes it was kind of struggling to find something to watch. Mm. That's why we watched Jungle Cruise, tell you what, but... (laughs) (laughs) Desperate times, okay. (laughs) It seems like things are getting back on track with 2022. Yeah. Love to see you then. Lots of other podcasts to come. All right, until then, I've been Lonnie, she's been Sinead. Stop. I hate the sign-off. It's so weird. (laughs) I only like you in movies. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. Okay, we are recording, but I need water. Hold on. Just moving my water. Yep. Uh, okay. No, that's not. Oh, God. Please hold. Keep this in, please. <laughs> I'm just getting my little station set up, okay? Okay. Ready. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.